everyone. Happy Friday to yet another week. This is the JRPG Report, episode 211. I'm your host, James Fisher. We've got a fun show for you guys today. A brand new game we didn't know about. We're going to talk about it first. And what initially caught me as perhaps an early April Fool's joke, but it turns out it is true. We'll get to all that and a lot more Final Fantasy XIV stuff. Uh, two announcements from the New Game Plus Expo. There really wasn't a whole lot unless I just missed it. <laughs> uh, and some other follow-up stories, and you'll want to stick around to the end as I give a a bit of a rant, something that is, uh, as Peter... I'm finally got to say it's grinding my gears. We'll get to that at the very end of the podcast. Uh, up first, um, you know, I kind of stated this at the beginning of the year when I made my big list of 22 for 2022 of games I was looking forward to. Obviously, there were going to be games on that list that slipped past and uh, ones that may pop up that we don't even know about. We already talked about one of those that's coming out this year that, as we mentioned on our Sunday special, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, we knew it was being worked on in secret, but gets announced and gets a surprise release date as well. So obviously that would jump to the top of my personal list. Another one that just popped up this week that uh, I... Uh, I don't know if I've stated it so much on the podcast before, but I'm not a big anime fan. There's a couple of them, I like Cowboy Bebop, that is very high on my list. But one of the longest-running series, but one I've not seen, so you have to excuse me if I don't pronounce things correctly, is One Piece. And they had a surprise announcement of a, I'll say a very promising and intriguing Looking JRPG. Publisher Ben Dynamco and developer ILC Hay have announced One Piece Odyssey, a new RPG project for PlayStation 5, uh, Xbox Series, PS4, and PC via Steam. And perhaps best of all, it's coming out this year in 2022. Here's an overview. Of the game, One Piece Odyssey is an RPG project filled with unique elements of adventure from One Piece that has been highly desired by fans. This project has been in the work for many years so that fans can truly touch the world of One Piece and now is ready to be unveiled. Join this brand new RPG featuring new character Monster Zons produced by Ichihiro Oda, the author of One Piece. The game also is complemented by the beautiful mu music of Moto Sakuraba, a composer well-known for his various contributions to video game series such as Dark Souls and the Tales of series. So there's some pedigree. They say a broken thousand sunny, scattered crew members, and Luffy's missing straw hat. During their voyage, the straw hats, led by Monkey D. Luffy, are swallowed by a huge storm at sea. They end up on a mysterious island full of nature amidst the storm and become separated from each other. The crew sets out on a new adventurous journey filled with the wonders of raging nature, powerful enemies, and strange encounters with island locals. Work together with Luffy and his crew to set sail once again. Here are the key features. The mysterious 
Island. Luffy decides to scout the island to meet up with his scattered crew members. They come across various mysterious ruins and never-before-seen monsters. Although excited to scout the area, the island together, things soon take an unexpected turn. Discover and experience an original storyline. The Straw Hats as one. Defeat new enemies, unravel mysteries, and unearth a whole adventure with your favorite Straw Hats. In addition to Luffy, you can play as Zoro, Nami, Usup, Sanji, Chopper, Robin, Frankie, and Brooke. Again, sorry to fans if I have said any of those names incorrectly. They say RPG with a one-piece twist. Experience quests and dungeons with an all-new authentic one-piece twist. Enjoy what you love about RPGs, but with your favorite characters and an original touch from the One Piece universe. There was, of course, an announcement trailer to go along with this. Uh, there was a producer interview as well, if you want to get kind of a behind-the-scenes look at it. His name is Katsua Tezuka. Um, he's obviously very excited to be working on this and to deliver a JRPG in this world, I obviously the island setting maybe gives some people like some Yeez 8 vibes, but the battle system and I think the overall look of it might be best described as something more along like a Dragon Quest 8 or 11 vibe. At least that's what I kind of got out of it. Looks like a good turn based battle system with overtop attacks and animations. It looks just like the anime, it is uh, maybe a little bit akin to what like Fairy Tale did, right? Um, in terms of reproducing that look, we finally got to the point where we can uh, make animations that look like the anime and feel like the anime, <laughs> and not just in cutscenes, but in gameplay. Uh, the exploration of the island looks very, very fun. I I don't know. Like I said, I am not a fan of this anime, but this game. <laughs> looks pretty fantastic at least from what i can tell from these images and this one trailer that we have for it and you know perhaps best of all we shouldn't have to wait very long on it uh it's set to come out sometime this year when we get a more firm release date i will pass it along to you guys but i would invite you to head over to either our facebook or our twitter page to get a look at this thing and let me know what you think i'm Quite looking forward to it. Um, I hope you are as well. It is April Fool's Day, April 1st. And like I said, when I first saw this story pop up yesterday, as it, when it popped up, it was April Fool's Day in Japan. So I thought maybe there was some sort of connection. Um, I didn't actually see any pranks. I'm sure there were a bunch of them that have went on or maybe, you know, are going on in your workplace or, or life. I'm here by myself at the house, so <laughs> no real pranks going on. But um, it turns out this is true, and I'm still kind of processing how I feel about it. But let's just say it. E3 is canceled for this year. I, no jokes. <laughs> Uh, it is it is not going to happen in 2022. The Entertainment Software Association announced they didn't say the event is done with, as they are planning to come back next year. It was previously announced it was going to be a digital only event due to ongoing health risks surrounding the virus, but they're just saying it's not going to take place at all. Usually, it's in June. Um, it used to be in Los Angeles. I think they moved it to Vegas. So, 
and just at a snapshot, no matter how you feel personally or politically about it, um, things are pretty much back to normal. Of course, things can happen and, and change as we've gone back and forth a little bit with this, but it it didn't make a whole lot of sense if you're going to say and blame it, let's say, on the virus as to why you would cancel this year. I just, I kind of think like if, because E3 is not quite like the other ones. This is about the industry and getting together and networking and all those, you know, things going behind the scenes. And maybe they just felt like if they couldn't have an in-person element to it, that they it wasn't worth having. And that is kind of what they're saying. Here's the official quote. Instead, we would devote all of our energy and resources delivering a revitalized physical and digital E3 experience next summer. Whether enjoyed from the show floor or for your favorite devices, the 2023 showcase will bring the community, media, and industry back together in an all-new format and interactive experience. Uh, no date has been set for it yet. Usually it's uh, June, but maybe it's not quite like the other ones, but you know, working for GameStop back in the day, that was always a highlight of the year was when all the store managers got to go to E3 as it is about the video game and entertainment industry. There was three days of event, but one day was pretty much just a behind the scenes type of deal. So like I said, they didn't feel like they could probably do it. This thing takes pretty much a whole year of planning for a physical event we're now in April, and they couldn't... I don't guess they could just flip the switch and have a hybrid event this year. Um, E3 has been getting less and less necessary. <laughs> and it is certainly, at least in our genre, I mean, yeah, you might get some big stuff announced, but pretty much it's Tokyo Game Show. There is some games cons type stuff, but the way everything is online anymore the need to push your stuff out there is not as great. Obviously, Sony does not attend E3. They have shown quite the ability with their state of plays to do their own thing and do it quite well. Nintendo as well with their directs um, is very successful and kind of a way of doing E3 once a month rather than <laughs> um, having all this stuff at once. So we'll see how it comes back next year. It's... You know, that ship may have sailed. Maybe it's just too far gone and it'll just be for uh, industry types to get together and less on uh, big announcements and the such. But kind of a bittersweet thing growing up. E3 was a huge event, you know, in the infancy of the Internet. Sites like IGN, you would you know anxiously tune in to see if something was going to get announced. And uh, that just... That day is uh, is past. Um, let's move on <laughs> to perhaps better things. I mentioned in the One Piece thing, one of the vibes I got from it was from Yeez8. Uh, I still struggle at saying this name, but the Lacrimosa of Dana. Uh, well, and I thought this was surprising, to say the least. There's going to be a PlayStation 5 port of it. It will come out sometime in the fall. There was a trailer released to kind of show off as well. Although the trailer that I saw for it was on Twitter and uh, 
One of the not so good things about Twitter is when you embed directly to their site, it's usually capped at 720, and maybe there's ways around that, but the quality is not excellent. I didn't see anything at all that screamed that this was uh, greatly enhanced for PS5. There was, uh, yeah, so maybe they need to work on that a little bit. If you've got it on PS4, I didn't see any reason to run out and uh, get this version, nor do they say anything is going to be enhanced or additions necessarily. Just uh, it's coming to PS5, which is odd because you it's on PS4 and you can play it on PS5. So this was kind of a mysterious announcement if you don't own the game and maybe they're going to come out with some stuff later on as to incentivize you to want to buy this game on PlayStation 5. Um, we'll have to see. It is at the very top of my backlog. After uh, lots of pressure <laughs> from uh, a few friends, I have decided it's pretty much either next or going to be close to next. I'm going to pick up and play after Like a Dragon, but... Yeah, I just I don't know what to make of this announcement other than to tell you that it's coming out in the fall. Um, I wish I saw something about giving you some reasons to want to buy this again, or if your PlayStation Four version will then give you an up, uh, you know, updated version of the game and look better and all that fun stuff. So maybe I can give it to you in the future. We shall. We shall see. I, I spoke about New Games Plus Expo, and really the only two things that I could gather from it, um, one was kind of a new announcement, but not really. Uh, these are both via NS America. They announced that Fallen Legion, Rise to Glory, and Fallen Legion Remnants uh, collection will come to PS5, Xbox Series, and PC. This will come out this summer, you'll be able to get both games as a part of a deluxe edition via the NIS America online store for $59.99. You get a copy of the games, digital deluxe soundtrack, and a soft cover art book. So two games in one. That's a pretty cool deal. If you haven't played these games and want to give them both, you'll not be able to. And of course, it'll look a little bit better being on uh, next generation i guess current generation systems this one is new we didn't know about this via our friends over in nice america pretty presents and as classics volume three is coming this summer this two-pack will include lapusel ragnarok and rhapsody a musical adventure they're coming to the nintendo switch uh you might say i've heard of lapusel tactics but not ragnarok reason for that is we got tactics here um this is the enhanced psp version that came out in japan they called it ragnarok so yeah there there you go uh rhapsody is an actual musical <laughs> uh so it's got some music offerings in there uh in la Pucelle, pierre and her brother act as demon hunters for the church of the holy maiden the two of them and their allies prepare to face the Dark Prince, who is about to rise up and assault the land. Um, yeah, they're both tactics games, so I guess that's maybe why they threw them both 
in there together. No pricing yet on this, only that it's coming to the Switch sometime in 2022. There was the announcement trailer for it, so if you're a fan of these games and want to play them all over again, you'll get to come this summer. In a series of interviews with Dengeki and Famitsu, Final Fantasy XIV producer Yoshi P revealed new characters will appear in the 6.1 patch. However, these new characters will be introduced to player characters. While these new characters will be introduced to player characters, that doesn't mean that fan favorites will simply disappear. Yoshi Ishida mentioned that it would be impossible to, quote, sever the bonds created with the silence and other characters forged throughout the story. He said specifically, new characters will appear, but that's really all I want to say for now. However, we are simply not just adding new characters for sake of furthering the story. I don't believe that it would be right to just to think that just because we are entering a new chapter, that all the things the Warrior of Light has built up around now would just disappear. It would be impossible to sever the bonds the players created with these characters throughout their journey. So yeah, we've got some new characters coming soon. Um, they're saying patch 6.1 will release sometime in the middle of this month of April. He also... What did he say? This is with Mitsu. He stated that... Um, oh, gosh. Oh, that's... He's one... Stated that there will be many changes. He was talking about the future of the game. There will be many changes that will occur between patch 6.1 and 6.5. Share his personal thoughts and feelings about the evolution of the game. Elaborate on what he believes made 14 a success. This was in the long interview. As well as how the players lived experiences within the game contribute to this feeling. Um, Yoshifi revealed that he had a feeling of Carthesis once in gamer Ed Walker released as a story that the team had been effectively working on for 10 years had come to a close. However, he wanted to say that it wasn't just the story that made Ed Walker an emotional experience. Quote, it was more than the story that made me emotional. It was also the fact that players live within this world and have everyday experiences. Standalone single player RPGs definitely cannot make the same kind of impact. However, now the story of the Highland and Zodiac are over. I hope those players will continue to join us and move forward to relive this sense of excitement. I believe that patch 6.1 is the first step toward this new goal, and up to 6.5, there will be many changes. So, yeah, the changes they are a coming, including what could be a new continent, a new area. Um, lead scenario designer Bonry Oda revealed there is an entire continent that FF14 players have yet to visit. Quote, there's another continent players haven't had a chance to, vi to visit. While preparing for Endwalker, I drew an entire map of the world because I had to prepare for a scene of a certain character looking up from the moon. So yeah, that's, I'm looking at the map now. There's, there's a big world to explore, obviously. They can uh, they can do whatever they want with this world and keep on adding to it. But if you are a fourteen player, it seemed like Ian Walker was the end. Maybe it's just the end of one thing and the beginning of something 
even bigger and greater. And don't worry. Square Enix will keep making new content, and they will gladly take your money as long as you will give them to. Uh, last week we mentioned there was a crossover uh, DLC, you know, some cosmetic items going on between Tales of Arise and Scarlet Nexus. It is uh, that that event is live now, version one point zero eight in Scarlet Nexus. Uh, it started on March the thirtieth. You get uh, items from both games to cross over into another, as well as what was not mentioned, but the Scarlet Nexus players will now have access to the battle music from Tales of Arise and vice versa. So battle music in addition to Hoodles and Iron Mask and uh, the Blazing Sword. Uh, Yeah, there'll be some crossover items in there. Alongside that, Scarlet Nexus has added a very easy mode and the release of a story demo. Players can carry over data from the demo into the full release of the game. Additionally, both bug and performance fixtures, fixes appeared in both new patches. So that's, that's certainly some pretty good news. Uh, players like myself appreciate a very easy mode when uh, things get just a little bit too tough. This was not uh, a part of New Game Expo or any other thing. This kind of came out on its own. Um, I guess here's the good part. There's a new Sword Art Online game coming. Here's the <laughs> the rest of that, and maybe not so good. It's coming to iOS and Android devices, and is being described as an action game. This is Duke Sword Art Online's 10th anniversary. The game will launch sometime in 2022. Not a whole lot is known about it. There was a teaser trailer shown, but, um... Yeah, probably not what Sword Art Online fans were looking for, per se, but it's what's coming, and that's about all I can tell you. You can check out that announcement trailer if you're curious about it. Head over to our Facebook or Twitter page, and um, you can easily check that out. We've got an update about Soul Hackers two in the form of a new video two new videos uh the first one was looking at some new characters raven and kabaragi these are associated with arrow one of several party members that will accompany the protagonist ringo throughout her journey um there were some spoilers involved with that so i won't say too much just uh, these new characters keep popping up and they are Looking pretty cool. There was also a new system battle basics. Um, they're calling this a summoner's guide informational video for soul hackers Two. You can check out the video. I believe it's in Japanese, but then there's um, a um, combat introduction guide that goes along with this. This is summoner's guide volume one. Tells you a little bit more about the game. Very, um, Shemigon Tensei are Persona-like in learn the enemy's weakness, hit them with that element, try to knock them down to uh, gain a big advantage over them. Doesn't sound like they're going to rock the boat too much with that formula. It's a good formula. Why would they want to (laughs) change it too much? I'm going to guess it's going to work on you adversely as well. 
But uh, yeah, the game is shaping up pretty nicely. It looks pretty interesting as uh, getting it up for a release later on this year on August the 26th worldwide to all the systems except for <laughs> Switch. Um, there's music coming. First, I believe this is just in Japan. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to come out worldwide or not, but uh, we talked a little bit last week. We're seeing some more of these soundtracks released onto vinyl. Obviously, you cannot release a huge soundtrack like Final Fantasy IX on vinyl. Gosh, it would take, <laughs> I don't know, 10? <laughs> it, it would take quite a lot of LPs to uh, to accompany that. But what they are going to try to do is a two-disc um, kind of, I don't want to say this best of, but um, some fine selections from Final Fantasy IX are coming onto vinyl, and it will release on July the 7th. Pre-orders are now available through the Square Enix Japan online store. 25 tracks spanning two discs. The album will cost $44 and is a limited product, so obviously you could import it if so desired. The first disc will contain 16 songs with eight tracks on each. The second will have a total of nine songs. Um, a full track list is available via this article that I shared on our social media channels an outstanding soundtrack obviously one of my favorite ones but um i you know growing up in the time period that i did vinyl was pretty much done with and we'd moved on to you know cassettes and eight you know eight tracks cds coming along at a later point in time so i'm not going to be one of these guys that's like yeah the experience of vinyl is superior or inferior or whatever Obviously, there's a reason for the stuff coming back. It's certainly not for convenience. Um, it's certainly not cost-effective. So just without even hearing it, you would have to assume that it sounds pretty good. Otherwise, people would not be willing to go through all the uh, means about to get it. Um, not many dates have been released yet, but in order to commemorate the 35th anniversary of Final Fantasy, there is a new distant world tour going on called Coral. It will feature music confused, composed, maybe not exclusively, but by more in large part by Nobu Yamasa. Conductor Arnie Roth will lead the orchestra. Distant tour dates will uh, some of the tour dates in Japan, North America, Europe, and other Asian countries. So far, there have been 20 Announced so far, it will begin August the 6th and wrap up on March the 11th. Oh, this is an international podcast, so we'll go through these quickly. Uh, Tokyo, Hyogo, uh, H-Y-O-G-O, Japan. Chicago, Los Angeles. Across the pond to London, then back to Fort Worth, Texas, Boston, Massachusetts, Bangkok, Thailand. New York, New York. Nashville, Tennessee. Barcelona, Spain. Paris, France, Amsterdam, and then wrapping up for two nights in Orlando. Ticket prices were not set yet. A little bit too soon for that, but they'll be coming up uh, quickly. Um, I feel more than honored that our lovely Nashville, our state capital, is on this list with all these other <laughs> giant 
international cities. One reason is because we have an outstanding venue for this type of experience. So on January the 25th, that is where you will find me and my family for sure. Unless it sells out instantly, which I, I doubt. However, uh, they are saying this is going to be uh, an interactive experience. So you've got the orchestra. You've got video playing uh, from the games and scenes as well. If you're in any, in any of those cities or close by, I could not recommend anything more than a distance world, a distant world's concert. We saw the fourth one when it was on tour, and it was spectacular, to say the least. But uh, this is definitely something you don't want to miss out on if you can make it. Got two more quick stories to pass along to you guys, and then a rant of sorts. Uh, we talked about this a while ago, the Fantasy RPG School Building Simulation. Valtherian Art High School Story 2 is now available in early access for PC via Steam. Uh, it's going to launch later this year for consoles in 22 and 2. Publisher P-Cube and developer Agate announced. The game is planned to remain in early access for about 12 months with larger scale updates due out every 8 weeks or so with smaller ones in between. It currently offers at least 10 hours of playable content including the opening act of the story, a few dungeons, characters, the new combat system. Uh, so if you've been looking forward to that one, you can get an early access if you can play it on PC and Steam. Once it's all ready to go, <laughs> then they will put this thing out onto consoles. Um, game I am interested in, I've been interested in this um series for a while but this one kind of looks like it's a loop forward not quite <laughs> maybe as far as you'd like to but it's a start so we talked a little bit about rpg maker unite a little bit ago the role-playing game creation uh it's now going to utilize full hd resolution revamped user interface and even give you a pair of sample characters this is on the new screenshots come out for it uh, they say, here it is. They long sought at a request from Maker Fans native FHD, which is 1920 by 1080 resolution. Time to make your game look much better than ever. In the past, we worried about whether FHD would add would add extra burden creators, but it is now obvious the community evolves faster than we anticipated, and we get constantly requested for high resolution. What good does high resolution do? Well, they've got some sample maps for you to check it out, and it looks pretty darn good. There's a lot more detail than uh, what was previously announced. You know, when you see an RPG Maker game, you kind of know it quite a bit because they all look very similar. This one is a definite step up. You would say it's simplistic in its overall look, like you might see. More of a uh, eight or sixteen bit design, but obviously the crispness and the detail screams more modern game design. Um, of course, this is just one way of looking at it. the character models are much much better looking. Uh, yeah, I've, this has always been something that's fascinated me in terms of you know could you actually make a game on here and you know. 
well, make money. That's kind of the point of it. Obviously, it'd be one thing if you had tons of time and you just wanted to make a game <laughs> for the sake of making it, but would it be actually something that uh, that you could make some money at? A job of sorts. That is certainly something you'd have to consider as well. But if you're curious about this and the leap that the series has made, you can check out the page on our social media channel and take a look at those images for yourself. I was impressed with it. I've seen what RPG Maker has done previously, and it may be not as impressive, but this is this is getting there. Um, obviously, you can't make a PlayStation 5 game with what is essentially you know like a point-and-click type of creator. It's just not possible. However, it's a good leap and um, something to get uh, inspired about. Uh, if you are curious, maybe if you one of the very few people that watch this on YouTube, this is week one where we're just, we're not going to bother with it really anymore. I was um, going back and forth on this and it's, the amount of views is, is minuscule. The, the channel has pretty much uh, withered away since I started taking away all the trailers for it. I don't have the time to invest in that anymore. I will always continue to do the podcast and the audio version, but yeah, the video version, just uh, that's going to be no more. So I apologize if you look forward to that each and every week, but it's just not worth the extra hours worth of work to put that together for a handful of people where I can better serve my time devoting it to the podcast itself. So let's rant for just a second. I still am very much looking forward to Chrono Cross here in just a little bit here on April the 7th. Still not on the PlayStation Store. That's still ridiculous. You can add it to a wish list. It'll tell you when it's going to be put on the store that you can pre-order. Maybe they're just going to wait until it's released. You're not going to be able to pre-order this thing at all. Um, we talked a while about is this going to get a physical edition or not? I can at least answer that question. Uh, our friends over at Play Asia are putting out a Switch physical edition. It's in Asia. <laughs> However, Switch is region free, so you could get this. Uh, here are the, uh, as I broke this down when uh, Optic Gamer shared this for us, the pros, we're getting a physical copy of the game. The cons, <laughs> uh, it is in Asia, which is which is fine. It does say that um, works on all systems sold worldwide. A correct regional count may be required for online features. I don't think those are on there, but I just I don't know. I can't say you for sure. Yeah, you go buy this game; it's gonna work just fine on your on your Switch, no problems whatsoever. You may need a regional account. The digital copy of the game is $20 plus tax. The physical copy is listed at $41.99. I'm assuming they're going to charge you some shipping, maybe even international shipping. I don't I don't know. I didn't go that far down the rabbit hole to figure out. Needless to say, it's at least double what you would have to spend. Uh, the last con <laughs> is that it's expected to ship on April the 28th. That's a full three weeks. So there are 
choices <laughs> to be made. Obviously, if you waited this long, you could probably wait a little bit longer for a physical copy. That's not really a deal breaker, probably. Uh, you could obviously buy it digitally and then get that physical copy to put in your collection if you've got 40 extra dollars laying around. Hey, you you do what you got to do. No word on a PlayStation physical copy or not. Um, obviously, that's, that is region locked, so we would need a Western developer to step up and do that. So you like that there is a physical option. You don't like all the details that go along with it. I would expect to pay more. That is, that is perfectly fine. But yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about this overall. <laughs> um, there has been, uh, there actually was a, a pretty cool music video released for Dreams of the Past Memories. Uh, it is uh, not uh, not showing the game. It is purely just uh, performance by Aisling McGlynn. McGlynn. Uh, it is performed in Irish, so you're probably not going to know what she is saying. Beautiful voice, and this is a, a, a song from the game. They showed it in that uh, little sampler as well. The thing that I am having trouble with is I did listen to those new arrangements. And then I kind of listened to the original versions as well. And I, I just don't know what to really think about it. They are, without a doubt... Audio quality wise, much, much better. Okay. Obviously, you're dealing with PlayStation 1's limited capabilities versus um, these new audio versions. They seem to be uh, not only enhanced, but altered in a way that sometimes sounds good, but sometimes doesn't. And so you're like, okay, well, um, I can just choose which version of it I would like these new ones or would I just prefer to listen to the original soundtrack, which is almost universally regarded as epically awesome. One of the best soundtracks and Square Enix said that you would be able to switch between both versions. That actually is not true. <laughs> and they just came to light. Uh, this was yesterday on MyNintendoNews.com that you, in fact, cannot switch between versions of the soundtrack. You have to listen to this new new version. Um, the Square Enix said today that the original feature was published on their official website in error, and only the new refined music in Chrono Cross the Rackle Dreamers Edition can be played. Oops. Then... Does that sound does that sound like an error to you, or does that sound like um, an an oops? Uh, doesn't sound like a typo, right? That sounds like we we kind of we kind of messed up on that one. So this is definitely one of those cases. Like if you enjoy, like there's eight tracks on that sampler CD, and I at least four of them were perfectly fine, probably even better. The other four, I, I don't know if they were better or not. So, I 
obviously need to get the game and experience it. The initial pushback has been strong, at least online voices. They don't like the fact you can't switch it, and they do not like these new versions of the songs. Um, like I said, I, I'm, I'm kind of going both ways on it. I can absolutely see the added value to these. Um, the original soundtrack, in comparison, is soft. Um, this new one is more, not, not just loud, but like full of music. Um, and that depends on what you prefer, obviously. Uh, so I, if you could choose back and forth, it would be absolutely fine. But the fact that they kind of lied <laughs> and that you, in fact, cannot do that, maybe that can be patched in. At a later point in time, it sounds like it definitely should be patched in at a later point in time. But yeah, I just, I wasn't very impressed when I saw this uh, remission, to say the least. But that, that's my rant. Um, I'll wait until I play the final game to make any type of final conclusions. I certainly hope that there is not, because everything I've seen on is pretty positive. I like the visuals. I like what they've done in terms of that, but... If they knock the music, which was perhaps the strong point about the game, that is going to be a pretty big negative, and we'll have to judge it accordingly. That's going to do it. Don't forget this Sunday, our Sunday special. Uh, at least the recording went off without a hitch. Uh, I haven't listened to every minute of it, but it sounded fantastic from what I did here uh, between myself, Jordan, and Jake. So a couple times we kind of... Uh, <laughs> Uh, spoke out of turn, but that's too be expected on a audio podcast. But uh, yeah, that'll come out this Sunday. Our conversation, we cover a bunch of different topics and we had a whole lot of fun and hope you enjoy listening to it as well. Uh, we'll be back next Friday with some more stories to talk about, maybe even uh, some Chrono Cross. We'll see as that is finally released to the world. But until then, get back out there and level up.